0: South Carolina's matchup against the Arkansas Razorbacks has been talked about for many months now. So the question is, what would happen to the South Carolina football program should they defeat the Arkansas Razorbacks this weekend? Locked on Gamecocks, your daily podcast on the South Carolina Gamecocks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's show is brought to you by Upside. Download the free Upside app and use the promo code LOCKED to get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. Hello, Gamecock Nation, and welcome back to the Locked on Gamecocks podcast, your show as always for daily headlines and potential storylines on your favorite South Carolina Gamecocks sports teams. I'm your host, Andrew Lyon, and... Thank you once again for making the Locked On Gamecocks podcast your first listen every day. We are free and available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast daily. And as I mentioned in the cold open of today's show, there's been, of course, a lot of talk about the game itself between Arkansas and South Carolina. What are some of the things to look out for with this Arkansas Razorback football team? What are some of the things that South Carolina needs to improve on from week one going into week two against this SEC West foe? What are some of the things that the Gamecocks are going to have to do in order to try to win this game? And in a way, that is what I want to talk about on today's show. But more particularly, I want to talk about what would happen if South Carolina were to pull off the victory in Fayetteville, Arkansas on Saturday afternoon. So I got three main things that I want to discuss regarding what I think would happen coming out of this game if the Gamecocks were to win. So let's go ahead and start off with the first ramification, I guess, that would take place. And that would be South Carolina would partially regain national relevancy and would grab the attention of the rest of the SEC. Now, if you have been following the Locked on Gamecocks podcast for any length of time up to this point, especially back in the summer, then you would know that I talked about sort of the hierarchy of national relevancy multiple times before regarding the SEC. And one of the things in particular that I talked about with South Carolina was that they need to try to sort of raise up a couple more rungs on their ladder. Basically, try to sort of plant themselves in front of a couple teams that right now some people view as being a better team or maybe even program overall than South Carolina. And the three teams I would kind of throw into that group are mainly Tennessee, Florida, and Kentucky. And of course, all three of these programs have a lot of positives going in their own right right now. But the bottom line is I felt like that that was overall what the goal should be for the Gamecocks this season. So how do you rise up a couple rungs on this ladder of national perception in the SEC East? Well, you have to, of course, start winning games against teams like the three that I just mentioned, and also some games against teams like Arkansas in the SEC West. And the process of gaining national relevancy has already been well underway with this program because you look at the power of social media. Social media in today's times has made it easier now more than ever before to sort of get your name out there, to really expand your brand to regions of the country that many decades ago, it would have taken many years in order to reach out to. Now, with just the simple click of a few buttons and hitting a tweet button, you can end up reaching millions of people all across the United States and even abroad for people who are fans of college football here in the U.S. And obviously, South Carolina's social media team has understood this from the get-go. Ever since Justin King became, I believe, the Athletic Director of Creative Media here at South Carolina, South Carolina's social media team has been consistently ranked as one of the best in the entire country. And then, of course, you look at the head coach of the program, Shane Beamer. He has been getting his name out there Constantly, And one of the things that he does, which some other fans are annoyed by from other fan bases, but is smart on Coach Beamer's part is he tries to get involved with a lot of different interviews. There's a lot of coaches that come off as coaches who are very standoffish, coaches that really do not want to do extra media interviews. Compared to what they already have to do, you know, as a prerequisite with their jobs at their own school. Coach Shane Beamer does not treat the media like that. He understands how the media can be helpful to him if he tries to utilize them sort of correctly. So that is something else that has been done to a great extent since this new regime stepped in. Of course, being led by Shane Beamer. And of course, you look at the TV mini-series that we've had throughout this fall. The series just ended last night, and while it was on ESPNU and maybe not on one of the main ESPN channels, it still reached hundreds of thousands of people probably across the country, people who really love football to where, you know, they needed an appetizer to serve them before the football season actually started, which is why, of course, for the NFL, you have Hard Knocks, which this year was covering the Detroit Lions. South Carolina, in essence, had their own sort of mini version of Hard Knocks, a college version of Hard Knocks, this August. And that was really, really good for this program because, again, it gets your name out there. It gets the logo out there. People get to see things that even maybe some of us fans have never gotten to see before. So that kind of exposure can only serve to help your program. And in terms of national relevancy, The last time that South Carolina, in my eyes, was nationally relevant, even for just a certain period of time, was when they defeated the Michigan Wolverines in the Outback Bowl back in the 2017 season. Some people would even go further back and say basically 2013, when we were being led still by the legendary head ball coach, Steve Spurrier. But... In 2017, defeating the Michigan Wolverines, who's considered to be a historically good football program and essentially a blue blood in the sport of college football, it was a big deal for South Carolina. South Carolina would end up winning nine games That season because of that bowl game victory and it sort of really sprung forward a lot of momentum and hype for South Carolina heading into the 2018 season where they were a consensus sort of dark horse pick and some people even just flat out projected them to finish second in the East and potentially contend with Georgia for the SEC Eastern Division crown. Obviously it did not work out that way and essentially South Carolina really lost their opportunity in order to be able to get themselves back in the national spotlight. And when you look at grabbing the attention of the rest of the SEC, if I have to be honest with y'all, you know, and some of y'all are not going to like hearing this, but in all honesty, this is the truth. In the SEC right now, there's really only one team that fears South Carolina every time they see them, mainly because it's been a while since they've defeated us. And that one team that I'm talking about is, of course, the Vanderbilt Commodores, because Vanderbilt has lost, I believe, 12 or 13 games in a row to the South Carolina Gamecocks. I know that they almost pulled off the upset last year, but the bottom line, Vanderbilt knows already that they have a hard time beating really any team in the SEC at this point in time, but especially against South Carolina, for one reason or another, they've just not been able to find a way to beat the Gamecocks for over a decade now. There's not another team in this conference that feels that way about South Carolina. Even Missouri. Missouri's won three straight games against South Carolina, and while they might have a little bit of a fear factor in terms of they know that these games against us can be very close and very hard fought, you know, when you win three games or more in a row against a certain opponent, at that point, you're not really scared of that team. When Steve Spurrier had South Carolina rolling during his time, when we won 11 games three years in a row, teams feared South Carolina. Almost every team in this conference feared South Carolina. Even Georgia in the SEC East feared the Gamecocks during that time. And if South Carolina wants to get back to gaining that national relevancy and grabbing the attention of the rest of the SEC, a victory against the Arkansas Razorbacks would go a long ways towards accomplishing that. But of course, A victory against Arkansas would not just increase South Carolina's national relevancy. It wouldn't just put them back on the national map and grab the SEC's attention. It would also do a couple of things, mainly for coach Shane Beamer and sort of the trajectory of this football program, the future outlook of this program for some potential high-end blue-chip prospects. So what am I talking about exactly with all of that? Well, I'm going to get into that in just a little bit. But before I get into all of that, I do have a message to pass along from our new sponsor, who is the sponsor for today's show in Upside. Now, I know that all of you have lately probably been cringing a lot at the gas pump, and you have probably had your eyes almost pop out of your head when you've looked at some of your checks you've received lately when you've been going to your favorite restaurants. Inflation is hitting us all where it hurts, and it really hurts a lot right now for many people, which is why I started using Upside. Upside is an incredible app. For anyone who buys gas, groceries, or even dines out, with every purchase, I'm earning cash back thanks to Upside and use the app to help alleviate my wallet wherever I go if it means I'm making a weekly grocery store run or if I need to get gas after going to the gym, or if I'm even buying things online to try to make this setup right behind me look a little bit better for all of you. This isn't too good to be true. It's free and easy to use. Take it from me. I've used it, and it works great. To get started, download the free Upside app, then use the promo code LOCKED, and get $5 off or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. Next... Claim an offer for whatever you're buying on Upside. Go to check in as usual at the business, then pay as usual with a credit or debit card, and voila, you just got paid by Upside. Upside users are earning more than a million dollars cash back every single week. And if you're still questioning how good they are, well, I'll let the 4.8 star rating on the App Store speak for itself. So download the free Upside app and again, use promo code LOCK to get $5 off or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. I'll say it one more time. $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more using the promo code LOCK. Welcome back to segment two of this Thursday edition of the Lockdown Gamecocks podcast where we cover your South Carolina Gamecocks every single day. All right. So in looking at what a victory against the Arkansas Razorbacks would do for the South Carolina Gamecock football program, I mentioned how we would, of course, become nationally relevant once again if we won a game like this on ESPN or ESPN2 on national television and of course it would grab the attention of the SEC. Another thing that a victory against Arkansas would do would be validating what coach Shane Beamer has been doing with this program since he took over. Now it has been brought to my attention or really to all of the Gamecock fan base's attention for the past couple of months now that It seems like that some of the fans from these other fan bases in the SEC East, Tennessee and Kentucky in particular, have seemingly taken a special interest in what Coach Shane Beamer has been doing on social media. Some of the videos that have been posted that have involved Shane Beamer. And we obviously were not seeing any of this for the past several years. We weren't seeing this with Will Muschamp really at all during the time that he was here, but that was obviously because... Social media was really just starting to take off as a big part of intercollegiate athletic programs. And Coach Muschamp, obviously, he was not maybe the biggest guy in terms of social media. He understood the importance of it, but he didn't dive all the way in like Coach Shane Beamer did. And, of course, the last few years that Coach Will Muschamp was here at South Carolina, things, of course, were not going very well. And then, of course, Coach Shane Beamer took over. And, of course, a lot of national media pundits, a lot of national analysts and experts across the country pretty much labeled the hire of Coach Shane Beamer as a bad one. People were saying that, you know, look, we understand that he used to be an assistant at South Carolina, so sure, he might understand how that administration, how that entire football program operates better than any other candidate would have at the start, but... He's never been a coordinator. He has never been a head coach anywhere else. And, you know, he really didn't have that resume that most people usually expect at a potential coaching candidate. You know, like a Broyles Award winner at multiple stops or at least maybe a semifinalist or finalist for the Broyles Award, which goes to the nation's top assistant coach every single year in Division I FBS college football. He didn't have that typical resume that you see mostly when it comes to these coaching searches. And so a lot of people really didn't put a whole lot of stock into Coach Shane Boomer when he arrived in Columbia. Well, of course, South Carolina would turn around and they would upend all of the expectations that most people outside of South Carolina had put on the program in year one of Coach Shane Beamer's tenure. Most people were, of course, saying that this is a three or four win team. This team is just a couple years away. They just are not talented enough. They got to stock up some solid recruiting classes. Then maybe they can start contending as being sort of one of the better teams in the SEC Eastern Division. But, you know, they're not going to really do a whole lot at the start. And South Carolina would go on to go seven and six, including a Dukes Mayo Bowl win over North Carolina. And they also defeated teams like Florida and Auburn, who before the season, not really a whole lot of people predicted them to defeat. So Obviously, because of what he did in year one, Coach Shane Beamer has gotten a lot more respect from a lot of people across the country. He's still got some doubters who, it seems like, are trying to just look smart at this point and say, you know, I don't think he's going to work out South Carolina and hope that that's the way it plays out. So at the end of the day, people will point to them and say, you know, this guy was actually on it with Coach Shane Beamer from the very beginning. And listen... Those people know who they are. And for some of you who maybe listen to a lot of these analysts and these experts, you know who I am talking about here. So my point being, Coach Shane Beamer has been put down overall as somebody, again, he's a feel-good hire. He's someone that knows the program. The players love him. He recruits well. And yet, despite all those things that get thrown out there, which are great qualities for any head coach to have, because he was not one of these big assistant coaching candidates for all of these different jobs, maybe like a Kirby smart or, you know, maybe someone like a Dave Aranda who's done well at a power five program in Baylor. Then, It's almost like he's been looked down upon, honestly. You know, like, this kind of guy is not supposed to succeed like he has. That's sort of the vibe that I have gotten, and I'm sure that many of you Gamecock fans out there have gotten as well. And it seems like that's really carried over into some of the social media stuff that we have done. Obviously, the Soldier Boy Turn My Swag On video at SEC Media Days. It got a lot of love from a lot of different people who were like, you know, this guy gets it. He understands this current generation of student-athletes who are going on to play college football. And then you have someone like Mark Stoops, who obviously does not operate, I guess, the same way that Coach Shane Beamer does with how he runs his program, and you commenting about, you know, stupid sunglasses and all that. And then he tried to backtrack talking about how he wasn't talking about Coach Shane Beamer at all with that comment. And you can't help but sit there and just shake your head and go, sure, sure you wouldn't. So it's clear that he's been getting attention from those people. And then he even mentioned, I believe, at either a press conference or, you know, maybe a Twitter space. But he mentioned during an interview or presser either way about a couple weeks ago or sometime in the last couple weeks that he has seen a lot of Tennessee, Florida, and Kentucky fans in his Twitter mentions throughout this entire offseason. So it's pretty clear that Coach Shane Beamer's got the attention of multiple SEC foes already. And What these people are, of course, saying is, you know, well, it's great that you got a cheerleader for a head coach. At least that's what those fans would be saying. But, you know, what has he actually won? He beat up on a poor Florida team that had just quit on their coach. He beat up on an Auburn team who just decided not to run the ball with Tank Bigsby. It's funny how people come up with excuses for why South Carolina wins games like that. You know, if it was another team, then that team would have gotten full credit as being a team that just flat out won the ball game. But because it's South Carolina, no. It was because the other team messed up. You know, over half the roster was, you know, injured or sick. You know, those kind of sentiments seem to be sort of what gets tossed out there whenever we're talking about South Carolina in those kind of games. So my bottom line with what I'm getting at here is this. Coach Shea did not stumble and tumble his way into this job at South Carolina. He has been carefully crafting a blueprint for what he would do being the head coach at South Carolina For several years now. You look at the list of names. That Coach Shane Beamer has worked under. During his coaching career. It's an impressive list of names. George O'Leary. Sylvester Croom. Philip Fulmer. Steve Spurrier. His father Frank Beamer. Kirby Smart. And Lincoln Riley. Now the collective stat line. Record and championship appearances. And national titles and all that. With this entire group. Get ready for this. This group as a whole is 926, 438, and 6. 18 Power 5 conference titles, 5 college football playoff appearances, and 3 national championships. So what Coach Shane Beamer has done at each and every single one of these stops is he has carefully crafted notes. Notes of the things or facets of these programs under these coaches that were the best stuff that really helped to elevate those programs. And he has been essentially creating a massive blueprint or basically a binder full of these notes for several years now preparing for a job opportunity like the head coaching job at the university of South Carolina, which he has gone on record multiple times now saying he wanted and dreamed of some people think that he would just dip at a moment's notice. Whenever a bigger, I guess more historic program calls. And I can tell you right now, I don't think coach Tim Buren would ever do something like that. He's staying at South Carolina for a very long time. I can promise you that if you are someone who actually thinks that. So, Overall, what Coach Schumacher has done off the field is fantastic, and he's really helped to grow the brand. But now he's got to follow that up with wins on the field. Winning a game like one on the road at Arkansas against a team that is on the up and up, a team that has really gotten a lot of momentum in their own right, who won nine games this past year, is someone that is considered a dark horse SEC West contender in the Razorbacks under head coach Sam Pittman. That kind of win would validate what Shane Boomer has done up to this point. He would no longer be pointed at and laughed at. There would no longer be gifs and memes made about him, you know, getting all fired up. You know, like the one against Tennessee when we were down like 38-7 to or 38-10, whatever it was at that point in the game. That stuff would stop because at that point, these opposing fans and these national pundits and analysts would have no choice but to show Coach Chamberlain a lot more respect and take him more seriously as a coach that can elevate South Carolina as a potential SEC East contender for the future. And of course, with the future, you have to look at recruiting. So, what would a win against Arkansas do in terms of the recruiting front? I'll get into all of that in just a couple of moments after these messages. Welcome back to the final segment of today's show of the Lockdown On Gamecocks podcast, where we cover your team every single day in just 30 minutes. All right. So I've talked about already what a win against Arkansas would do in two different areas. i talked about how Sopcon would become nationally relevant once again if they won this game. They would grab the attention of the rest of the SEC conference. It would validate everything that Coach Shane Beamer has done up to this point fully and with all of that bearing in mind, another thing that a win against Arkansas would do would be provide a massive surge of momentum in recruiting, especially for these future recruiting classes. South Carolina is already killing it in the 2023 recruiting cycle. If you've been following recruiting at all for the conference or in college football all the way through this entire cycle till now, then you might have seen that South Carolina right now is poised to have at the minimum a top 20 recruiting class. And at the current pace they're going with their remaining targets, they could even finish with a class, in my opinion, as high as 12th in the country based on what we've seen the last couple of years with NIL and the transfer portal taking shape in the sport of college football. So, who are some prospects that South Carolina are in heavy contention for or maybe even leading for at this time? Well, with that kind of group, I'm talking about guys like wide receivers Jonathan Paylor, Tysir Denmark, and Mazio Bennett. Offensive tackles Cam Pringle, Josiah Thompson, and Blake Franks. Cornerback Braden Lee. Linebackers Andrew Hines III, Sammy Brown, Wendell Gregory, and Jaden Baugh. Defensive lineman Justin Green, Jordan Thomas, and Heaven Brown Shuler. And edge defender, Dylan Stewart. All these guys that I just mentioned are guys that are considered to be either five stars all the way down to maybe high three-star prospects. So all these guys are really solid players for the 2024 cycle. And guys that South Carolina, again, is heavily in the game for or maybe even leading for. If South Carolina were to win a game like Arkansas on the road this upcoming weekend, Shane Beamer has now, of course, validated what he's been doing off the field, sort of the plan that he has developed and everything that he's been doing up to this point in the present moment here at South Carolina. But he also now has something to offer to all these recruits. Hey, listen, South Carolina is showing progression on the field. We won seven games in year one when most people expected us to only win three or four games. We just defeated a top 20 team in Arkansas on the road in week two of this season and we are not even close to being done yet, but we still need to get more talent. We need guys like you. I want you to be a South Carolina Gamecock. You can come here and help make this program and make this football team a championship contending team once again. And that kind of message when you are providing those kind of results will speak volumes to these kind of recruits. These 16, 17, 18 year olds look. You know, not all of them maybe want to be coddled. Some of them want tough love. You have to, of course, interact with all these recruits differently sort of based on how they are with in-person interactions. But the point being, when you tell a kid how badly you want them and you are consistent with that message, those kids are going to take note of that, especially if it is coming from the head coach those kids aren't looking at coach Shane Beamer and saying well this guy was never an offensive or defensive coordinator why on earth would I trust him to be my head coach those kids don't care about that those kids care about you know how does he care about me as a person is he going to look out for me do I have a chance of course to be successful which is something that is important and the parents or guardians especially will take note of coach Shane Beamer and the way that he talks to these kids and of course The way that this coaching staff as a whole interacts with all of these blue chip prospects. You cannot go wrong with having a coaching staff that really prioritizes relationships. And every coaching staff, of course, has to do this. But some coaching staffs just maybe show that a little bit more in person than others. And in my opinion, Shamir and the South Carolina coaching staff is one of them. You combine that with progression on the field. South Carolina's recruiting could seriously take flight, starting with the 2024 recruiting class and beyond. And when you have guys who are really pushing the envelope here, really trying hard to convince these guys to at least take a visit to South Carolina and strongly consider potentially coming here and playing with them. And of course, with those prospects, I'm talking about quarterback Dante Reno, a four-star QB commit for the 2024 class, at least as of right now. And then four-star linebacker Grayson Howard from the 2023 recruiting class. Those two have sort of spearheaded this recruiting movement where they're not being directed by Coach Shane Buer and this coaching staff. They are doing this on their own. They are making the individual decisions decision to go on social media and talk with these guys of course probably messaging and texting and calling these guys on the phone in their own time and really trying to let them know hey listen this guy is not blowing smoke okay this isn't all just a bunch of fluff that he is delivering to you a false bill of goods this coach means what he is saying he is changing this program and he's already got me convinced and he's got this guy convinced and this four star convinced and this five star who's looking at them considerably Why wouldn't you want to be a part of that? Why wouldn't you want to be a part of this program? You could have the time of your life here at South Carolina, a really fun college town, being a part of this football team, playing with us and playing for him. When you have recruits who are doing that on their own, you've got something special going on on the recruiting front. And South Carolina has got that right now. If South Carolina wins a game like this one at Arkansas on Saturday Buckle up because the social media reaction from the recruits and prospects who are seriously interested in South Carolina would be unreal Saturday and Sunday going all the way through this next week leading into the Georgia game and would make that a bigger more nationally recognized type football game it would get talked about more once again you know we go back to point a expanding that brand getting the name out there kids get interested then they take a visit and then rinse and repeat that entire cycle. That is the kind of effect that a win at Arkansas can have for this South Carolina football program. And, of course, it's not going to be easy. This is one of the toughest early season tests South Carolina has had in a long time coming out of the SEC Western Division. So, of course, it's not a guaranteed win. And I'm going to get into all that tomorrow on my show where I give my final thoughts on this matchup, including maybe an external factor to watch, the three keys for the game, and what I think will happen at the end of the day. So what are y'all's thoughts on what would happen with this football program if South Carolina were to defeat Arkansas this coming Saturday. I do want to hear your thoughts, as always, in the comments section if you are watching today's show on YouTube. But of course, if you are listening to today's show on an audio podcast app, wherever you get your podcast daily, you can also feel free to shoot me a message at Alion underscore SC on Twitter, and I'll be sure to respond to any replies or comments that you have for me as quickly as I see them. And of course, I really appreciate each and every single one of you for making the Lockdown Gamecocks podcast your first listen every single day of the week. I really cannot thank y'all enough, but I do have one favor to ask all of you. For your second listen today, go check out the Ultimate Pro Football Preview for 2022. It's an eight-episode extravaganza to get you ready for the NFL season by combining the thoughts and analysis of local team experts and the NFL insiders of the Locked On Podcast Network. Be sure to search the Ultimate Pro Football Preview 2022 on your Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. But with that being said, y'all, that does it for today's show. I hope that y'all have a great rest of your Thursday. We're only two days away from kicking it off in Fayetteville, Arkansas, against the Razorbacks. I'll catch y'all on the next show of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast.